It's also a little bit chaotic with the Arizona Cardinals right now. You could even argue the Phoenix Suns. Good thing we've got Donnie yeah. Drew in to come on and kind of help us sort through both of these situations. Covers uh, the Cardinals for all Cardinals fan nation and inside the Suns fan nation as well. Now, we obviously wanted to talk Cardinals with you, coaching search, Kyler Murray and all that. But then the Kyrie Irving news broke today. And one of the teams that's on his apparent preferred list, or at least teams that are interested, he hasn't really put out a list, but he's being tied to the Suns as one of those teams. Lakers and Mavs are other ones that are thrown out there. Uh, there are some odds out there, 6-1, to one, that he goes to the Suns, if not the Nets. Uh, what do you make of that possibility, Kyrie Irving in a Suns uniform? Yeah, they, they just can't seem to stay away from booking stars, right? I mean, first you have the Kevin Durant situation earlier this summer, and then now the, the Kyrie train with less than a week until the trade deadline, all of a sudden he ups and says he wants a, he wants a trade. So I, I think that'll be really interesting to see how all that unfolds. But um, the, the Suns are definitely looking to upgrade the point guard position past the future of Chris Paul, who's 37 years old. Um, there's been reports that they might address that in the summer, but uh, you look at the luxury tax situation with the Suns, they don't really have a lot of wiggle room whenever it comes to signing free agents. So if they were to do something, it would definitely have to be through via trade and obviously off the court stuff aside, you can't really find a better point guard on the market right now than Kyrie Irving. It's just imagining a backcourt with him and, um, Devin Booker leading through the West. You got tough teams like, uh, you know, Denver, Memphis, and, you know, Dallas, just to name a few. They haven't been able to quite make that championship push just yet. Kyrie Irving might be the guy to put them over the top. So it's funny you say that because what would that mean then for Chris Paul? Because I've heard some rumors teams are monitoring him. Could Chris Paul be moved before the deadline? You know, you would certainly hope so, because if Irving goes to the Phoenix, you're not going to ask either Chris Paul, one of the greatest point guards of his generation, or Kyrie Irving, who you just traded for, and assumingly so, gave up a bunch of assets for it to sit on the bench, right? Like, none of them are really going to accept a six-man role, and in order to make the salaries work, you'd have to imagine some sort of trade involving Jay Crowder, Chris Paul, maybe a couple first-round picks sprinkled in there, too. You'd have to imagine something like that gets done. Uh, but I, I don't really don't see a scenario where the, the Suns roll out a three-guard lineup because the last time did that did that with Brandon Knight and Goran Dragic and everything like that. It didn't exactly end super well here in the Valley. Do you think the Suns have a run in them? I'm looking at the prices right now just as far as the betting market, and they're plus 1,200, 12-1 to to win it all. They're 6-1 to just to come out of the West. I mean, I know they've been without, you know, Devin Booker, but I don't know if they're just one Devin Booker away from being a contender again. I just don't really understand what's went wrong. You know, obviously, like the relationship between Aiton and Monty Williams doesn't look all that great. But do you think that they do have a run, even if they don't make a move, you know, just getting Booker back here in the second half of the season because they are a veteran team? You know, I think a lot of the questions around Phoenix heading into the season was their bench. You, you know, their, their free agent acquisitions didn't exactly wow, but yeah. when you look at the production they've gotten from guys such as Damian Lee, Josh Okogie, uh, just to name a few, I mean, they, they've certainly stepped up for a Suns starting lineup that's basically everybody, Mikel Bridges, injured at some point throughout the season. I, I think before the plague of injuries hit Phoenix, you saw exactly how good of a team they were. They were leading the West up until the last parts of November, early December. All of the injuries hit, and then things kind of fell apart from there. They started to regain a little bit of momentum, and I, I think whenever Devin Booker comes back, there's a pretty decent shot they can run through the West. I'm not convinced the, the Denver Nuggets um, are, are exactly the, the team that they might be. I, I've still yet to see that from them deep in the postseason. Obviously, it seems like Dallas has their number. Memphis is always going to be a tough task as well, even though they're not really concerned about anybody in the West, in case you haven't heard. Uh, but the, the Suns are a, a very talented team, a very well-coached team, and I think after the end of the day, if everybody's healthy, assuming they get something in return for Crowder, I, I'm not going to count them out until I see it. 
Talking to Donnie Druin on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line. The Phoenix is a revolutionary technology helping men all across America. Get back to the best in the bedroom. Visit BuyThePhoenix.com to learn more. All right, let's get into the Cardinals here. Still looking for a coach. Uh, there's you know fewer and fewer job openings now, which I guess could be good for them. But then there's the reports out there that Kyler Murray is kind of part of the holdup. Some coaches are a little bit hesitant that they'd be tied at the hip with him for four years. Although then again, with what happened with Cliff Kingsbury, they may not be there four years and it could still be Kyler Murray. What are you hearing? What do you what what do you make of this whole situation with Kyler Murray, the coaching search? And where does this team end up? Do they just promote from within at this point? Ooh, you might want to get the pitchforks out if that happens. Uh, not a lot of people would be exactly happy with the hiring of Vance Joseph, even though and I do think round two might be a little bit better than round one, just in terms of his head coaching stints go. Um, but I, I did see the report about that. But to be honest, when you're looking at quarterback situations throughout the what was five head coaching spots, I mean, look at places like Carolina. Um, obviously, you have Denver with Russell Wilson, Houston, Indianapolis, and um, I'm forgetting the other team, Arizona, obviously. What situation are you walking into where you have a head coach opening with a franchise quarterback and a franchise quarterback already under contract? And Kyler Murray definitely deserves his fair share of blame. I understand the maturity concerns. I understand, um, you know, sometimes his on-the-field performance can't really, uh, you know, get past the levels people want them to. But at the end of the day, you've seen the ceiling Murray can produce with Cliff Kingsbury, I guess holding him back for lack of a better term. Think of what can happen when you get a legitimate coach in Arizona in the desert, a guy who can shift the culture around. I mean, you're talking that two years ago, this team went 7-0. They managed to scrape by it into a wild card spot just a couple of years after drafting Kyler Murray number one overall. So I think to to look at Murray is kind of like a hindrance for the Cardinals and their inability to get a head coach. I think that might be a little bit short-sighted. What do you think ends up happening with DeAndre Hopkins? There's been plenty of rumors. I saw the New England Patriots. Uh, you've seen some different teams. The Buffalo Bills obviously need a number two wide receiver. If you put him and Stephon Diggs together, uh, that's a pretty scary offense right there. Do you think there's any chance, though, that the Cardinals try to hold on to him, especially with the new coaching staff? You look at the splits. Kyler Murray without DeAndre Hopkins on the field is just obviously not the same quarterback. No, absolutely. And it's weird because new general manager Monty Austin Fort was supposed to meet with Kyler Murray last week, and we've heard nothing. And yeah. I mean, not even a pin drop about how that meeting went. So things are eerily quiet around here in, in the desert, in the valley, around the facility. Um, obviously, the Cardinals have yet to name a head coach. So I imagine they would want to at least get a guy in the building before they actually decide to make a decision for DeAndre Hopkins. But to me, I, I don't think keeping Hopkins would be completely asinine. It sounded as if it was more so the Cardinals wanting to offload him and his contract as opposed to DeAndre Hopkins wanting out. And it was it, the, the timing of everything was a little bit odd, right? Because it just happened a day after Cliff Kingsbury was fired. Um, Hopkins has the number two 2023 cap it for wide receivers only behind Tyree Kill. So I'm not quite sure money is the issue here. Uh, he's turning 31 years old this year. So he's got a little bit of gas left in the tank. Um, you named the Patriots as a, as a potential landing spot. Obviously, if you watch Hard Knocks, Hard Knocks, excuse me, uh, you know, him and Bill Belichick might have had to get a room at some point the way they were complimenting yeah. each other. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, his two preferred destinations were the, the Jaguars and the Chargers, who already have significant to get money attributed to the wide receiver spot so and at this moment in time nobody really knows i if i was a betting man which i'm not um if i was a betting man i, I would definitely put a couple dollars on him staying just to get good value on that what do you think the offseason is going to look like for the cardinals besides coach and you know you, you obviously we're talking about guys that maybe won't be there but what are some of the additions they need to make some of the i guess upgrades so they don't have a season like they just had last year 
No, for sure. And you're looking at three starters along the offensive line and uh, Calvin Beecham, Justin Pugh and Rodney Hudson actually make that four with Will Hernandez, who are set to hit free agency. So there's a big opportunity for you to completely rehaul and retool the offensive line. Obviously, games are won in the trenches. And I, I think when you look at the slew of injuries that happen all across the board for the Cardinals, almost more than anything, I don't think they need any sexy signings. I don't think they need any big name deals. They just need quality depth, one through 53, because if you look at teams that are competing in the Super Bowl, for example, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Kansas City Chiefs, guys number one through 53 were able to provide some sort of relief for them and their efforts to get all the way here to State Farm Stadium. I mean, you, you look at that, you look at um, the, the defensive side of the ball. I mean, there's almost too many holes for the Cardinals to fill, but on the same token, it's almost as if any Frazier acquisition or any draft capital acquisition can be good for the Cardinals so long as they put it to good use. I don't think Cliff's a, a, a very good coach. I, I didn't think he should have got that job, to be honest. But, um, you know, and I know you've kind of like talked about this for pretty much the entire interview and you've hinted, but do you think that the Cardinals made the right decision, you know, with Kyler Murray committing to Kyler Murray? And do you think that he's good enough to ever be the starting quarterback of a Super Bowl champion team with Kyler? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm. I, I try not to get personal with these takes, but right. I, I think it was so blatantly obvious that Cliff Kingsbury was the problem there. And I, I, if they brought him back just because the amount of injuries like I already touched on, um, I, I wouldn't have been upset, I guess, for lack of a better term. But I mean, you you look at the, the potential he's shown since coming here during his rookie year up until now. Um, you know, there's a couple things holding him back, but if you surround him with good talent and everybody stays healthy, I mean, you're talking about a serious, seriously talented guy who can get it done both through the air and on the ground as well. So, yeah, I absolutely buy that. Maybe one day along the line, the Cardinals can find themselves in that position groundwork, and that's going to start with this offseason. Yeah, I mean, like, because that's the thing. You look at the first half of last season, you know, going into that Green Bay game, he was a top five quarterback in the league. It's just, you know, it seems like every year the second half he gets injured. What, what do you think's the number one thing that he needs to improve on other than staying healthy, you know, and having better weapons, though? Because it seems like once he gets injured, he's just not the same quarterback, which is understandable. But everything kind of falls apart. I just don't know what it is. Is it the mechanics or? Uh, I'm not so sure it's the mechanics with a guy like that. You're not always going to have his feet square planted on the ground, you know, yeah. full throwing motion. Uh, you know, that baseball background sometimes comes back to haunt him with him trying to make shortstop throws, you know, back behind the offensive line. I think more than anything, it's about him finding consistency and maybe finding a little bit more maturity. I mean, if you guys watch Hard Knocks more than once, more than twice, you saw him, whether it be him and Cliff Kingsbury, him and his receivers, just not on the same page. And as a franchise quarterback, especially when it's going to be making $50 million at the uh, start of the extension in 2024, you're going to have a lot of stuff on your shoulders. You're going to be looked to as the guy. You're no longer the, the Oklahoma guy. You're no longer the number one pick, the former Heisman Trophy winner. You were the face of a franchise. And I think as soon as Kyler starts to embrace that and, you know, on and off the field, I think Cardinals will be a much better team. For that. I got about 90 seconds left here. We, I, I'm, I'm sure you're talking draft. They're looking ahead to the draft, obviously. Ryan over here is really good at nailing what picks go where when it comes <laughs> to the NFL draft. Where do you think the Cardinals will go at number three? Obviously, if they stay there, I've seen Will Anderson mock to them, Jalen Carter to them, two really, really good names. Is there a position or a specific player you want to see them go, go and get, or is there just kind of like eh, a bunch of different names that are being thrown out right now? 
Yeah, I, I think they're in a win-win spot with either Jalen Carter or Will Anderson being available. I mean, two dynamic, potentially game-changing guys on the defensive side of the ball. You're losing J.J. Watt to retirement. You're potentially losing Zach Allen for agency. Whether he plays edge defensive tackle, no matter what, the Cardinals need to get better at rushing the quarterback and clogging up rushing lanes and the defensive interior. So I, I think it, they'll be more than happy with either of those two. But if you're making me pick one, probably Jalen Carter. Um, the Cardinals do have two younger guys and both Cameron Thomas and MyJ Sanders. They seem to kind of want to develop for a couple more years on the edge, and you have Marcus Golden on the other side. But home run hit either way, and I think they're in a really good spot for that. Donnie Druin, Fan Nation. Appreciate the time, man. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, man.